0: Welcome to the online home of St. John's Episcopal Church. We're so glad you've joined us. Today's service for the first Sunday of Advent is sung by the St. John's Adult Choir and the sermon is by the Reverend Hope Eakins. You can click below to see the Sunday Bulletin and also click the link to visit our donation page where you can help support our ministry and make these weekly streams possible.
1: candle is a symbol of the hope we have in the promise of the Lord's coming. For the Lord will fulfill his promise to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. A righteous branch will spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Come, Come, Lord Lord Jesus, come. Blessed be
2: God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings.
3: A reading from the book of Isaiah. The word that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation Shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Right. when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Now our feet are standing. Gates of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is in unity with the staff. to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. For there are the thrones of judgment. The thrones Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May prosper Peace be within your walls. In your house. For my brethren and companions' sake. I pray for your prosperity. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will see reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment Are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires the word of the lord
4: According to Matthew, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to his disciples privately about his coming. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord.
5: Speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on which day your Lord is coming. Keep awake. It was only about two weeks ago when children went off to school as usual, grabbing their backpacks and greeting their friends. And then their parents in Santa Clarita, California began receiving the texts. There's an active shooter at Saugus High School. When that day, When November 14th began, the parents were doing the same things that people were doing in the days of Noah before the flood, eating and drinking, sort of getting ready for Thanksgiving, engaged in the routine and the regular, unaware that their lives were about to change forever. And isn't that the way it is for every one of us just before the biopsy results come in with the word malignant? Just before the phone rings with devastating news? The way it was when President Kennedy was shot? The way it was on that fateful September 11th? Had we known what was going to happen on those days, had we known, we would have kissed our loved ones with special intensity that morning. And we would have wasted no time in making the call that we were meaning to make, speaking the words of apology or explanation or love, the words that were needed. We would have seen the blue sky, really seen it, smelled the fresh air, and felt the caress of the wind. But of that day and of that hour, no one knew. So we went right on with business as usual, eating and drinking, picking up the mail, doing the dishes, until a flood of terror, as mighty as the flood of Noah, came and swept all our security away. Keep awake, therefore, says Jesus. Keep awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord is coming. Jesus is not giving us counsel to live in fear as though every moment were our last. He's saying that we better make the most of the time we have, because we never know how much time we have left. When my grandmother died at 89, her bureau was filled to overflowing with all the lovely nightgowns that her children had given her over the years. And there were 11 children, and they all gave nightgowns. (laughs) Grandma always thanked her children profusely for these nightgowns, saying, Pink is just my color, and oh, I love how soft this is. And so after assuring them that nightgowns were exactly what she wanted and needed, they kept giving them, but Grandma never wore them because she was saving them for the day ahead. She may have been staving off death, believing that she couldn't possibly die, until she had worn out every single one of those nightgowns. But whatever her motivation, my grandmother never enjoyed those gifts as much as she could have because she never used them. There are other kinds of gifts that we all waste by hoarding them too. Gifts of curiosity and. Passion and creativity that we really plan to employ someday, when we get the time. But then there never seems to be any time left over. Someday we will take art lessons, or plant tulips, or take a trip. Someday we'll visit Uncle Hugh, or volunteer in the soup kitchen, or start reading the Bible. These are dreams that could be possibilities if we let them. Dreams that we put on hold and then come to forget them because we're too busy or too preoccupied to give those dreams a chance to become realities. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on which day your Lord is coming, says Jesus. And his advice is to live as though the end is near. And Jesus tells us that there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. The wrong way is to cower in fear, taking no risks, making no new relationships, keeping whatever you have for yourself because you might need it. People who have been badly hurt live like this. Afraid to risk love again after their love has once been rejected. Afraid to take a chance because they don't want to be disappointed. Keeping their eyes down because they don't want to be surprised again. But Jesus has something else in mind. Jesus is telling us to look up and see the possibilities of life and love and joy and hope that abound. Jesus is telling us not to put things off because our time is limited, and if we get hampered by our fears and we wait too long, we might never get another chance. What Jesus has in mind for us is a way to get over our fears, a way called faith. The faith that we can put our trust in God. Because God is there for us. We don't have to wait until we know for certain. We don't have to wait until we have all our ducks in a row before we venture forth because God is here for us, with us, and for us. And we we don't have to have the whole world in our hands because that's God's job, not ours. This question of how we are to live, knowing that life will not go on forever, is a question that haunts us human beings. Isaiah addresses the issue in that first reading, and tells us that since God's judgment is nigh, we had better start walking in God's ways. And those ways, he tells us, are this swords shall be beaten into plowshares, and spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Life is too short to spend it fighting, says the prophet. Spend your time instead in reconciliation and peace. And then in the second reading, Paul takes up the question of our mortality and he tells the Christians in Rome that they need to wake up because the night is far gone and the day is near. How are they to live? Paul tells them to keep the commandments and to owe nobody anything. Now, this is not a condemnation of the banking industry. This is advice to Christian lenders and borrowers. It is advice to love, to love so much that you will share what you have if someone needs it. Advice to love so much that you will never take more than you need for yourself. There's an urgency, he says, an urgency to living in the end times. Because if we really don't know at what hour the Lord is coming, and when the end will be, and how many days we have left, then we can't take it for granted that we can apologize, oh, maybe tomorrow. Because there might not be a tomorrow. So we must never go to bed angry. We must live with a grateful heart, remember this Thursday, and be appreciative and remember all the blessings that are ours, thanking others and thanking God for them. We will live honorably, Paul says, as in the daylight, when all can be seen and nothing is hidden. So we must not keep secrets that would haunt or destroy the family or the community, but let our lives and our concerns be open to the light of Christ. Every once in a while, I think, we remember these lessons. The lessons of Paul and Isaiah and Jesus. And it's usually after a disaster has struck or after someone close to us has died suddenly. And then we we reach out and we look at each other and we hug and we cry with each other and we care for each other. Every once in a while, We remember what really matters. We decide what's of value, and we choose it. Do you remember what life was like on September 12, 2001? People lined the streets all over the world in solidarity with America's pain. From all over the world, people sent flowers and sympathy cards and banners to our wounded nation. There were no strangers then. People reached out and hugged each other, cried with each other, needed each other. Those people, we, we understood in a very immediate way that life does not go on forever. We understood it for a moment. then anxiety crept back into our world and people began to be afraid that life was going to go on forever with anthrax in our mailboxes and jobs being lost and soldiers coming back in body bags. So now, what do we do? We line up to be inspected at airports and open our purses when we go to a concert and strangers aren't so welcome anymore because you know, They might be terrorists, or maybe just folks up to no good. And I imagine there are still grandmothers tucking away gifts in their bureau drawers, because you can never tell when you might need another nightgown or two. There's a lesson to be learned from all tragic events that we don't expect and can't prepare for. And the lesson, I think, is this. You can keep awake with suspicious worry. You can lock up your doors and your hearts and your pockets, lock them up tight and try to stay safe. Or you can keep awake another way, by living with a passionate love, holy faith that we have nothing to fear because God is with us always. You can decide what is of value and choose it. You can spend your time and your money on what is good. You can say your prayers, amend your life, serve your part of the world, tell people how much you love them and share what you have, amen.
2: Please stand as we affirm our faith by reciting the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all.
3: Almighty and gracious God, we seek our broken world and yearn to make it whole. Yet we know our vision is small and our efforts are weak. In your mercy, O Lord, God, come before God, God, us and bring light Enlighten your church. Save us from weak compromise and lifeless habits. Fill us with grand dreams and new hopes. Keep us from rushing toward Christmas and help us to wait with longing for your birth. Enlighten our world. Restore our passion for justice and drive resignation and division from our politics. Persuade us to beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Open our minds and hearts to work together for what is true and good and bright. Enlighten us. Take away our prejudice. Give us grace to see the stranger as our brother and sister. Bless those who mourn and bring healing to those who are ill. We remember those who have died, especially Thomas McCarry.
2: Merciful Father, hear our prayers in the name of your Son, for whose coming we wait in joyful hope. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess, we confess that we have sinned against you, and thought, word, and deed, by loving have devil. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. We stand. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. And as Hope said in her beautiful sermon, Wherever Hope Is, that's also a time to appreciate this gift of life we have been given. What we have today is what we are given right now at this moment, and to be thankful for that. And also for this community that we can can come together in this beautiful sacred space to worship God and to enjoy our relationship with each other. It's hard to believe that the Christmas festival is almost here. These are the yard signs we've had made, so if you don't have one yet, please feel free to pick one up during coffee hour. Uh, Please uh, also take one maybe for a neighbor. This is a wonderful opportunity to let the larger community know what we're up to here at St. John's. It's a wonderful fundraiser, but also, most importantly, it's an opportunity to develop relationships, friendships, with one another and those outside the walls of St. John. So please, uh, pick one up on your way out. And also, it's always opportunities to volunteer, be a part of this. It is truly joyful and a lot of fun. This Thursday, even at 7 p.m., is the annual coming together and making these beautiful wreaths. These are live wreaths uh, that are decorated. It's also a time for socializing, again, to make new friends, maybe reacquaint with some old ones this Thursday at 7 p.m. Also a word of great, deep gratitude and thanks for all those who have so generously and lovingly given a pledge for St. John's. Without your devotion, your service, your generosity, we could not do the wonderful things that we do to make this a vibrant community for each of us who are part of it, but most importantly for those who are outside this beautiful building in the many ministries that we do, that we help to facilitate using the gifts we have been given to transform people's lives. That's what we're about in the name of Christ. So thank you all. We can never say thank you again. If you have not had an opportunity to pledge, please know. There are pledge cards in the back, over here, by coffee hour, and also you can go online. Someone had asked earlier today. uh, You can go online, bring up the website, and you can give that way. So again, thank you for all that you have done. There is a healing minister at the font, so during the Eucharist, please feel free to come forward and ask a blessing for yourself or for someone else during this time. Know that wherever, you're, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever challenges you have, or maybe joys that you've been celebrating this past week, know that you're welcome to come to the table, to take the body and blood of Christ, uphold us and sustain us for all the challenges we have in this life. So do not neglect to do good, but to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you have sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs of him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. Therefore we praise you. made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him, you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. And the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection unto your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where with St. John and all your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him and in him in the unity of the holy spirit all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever amen. amen and now as our savior christ has taught us we are bold to say our father who art in heaven Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior. Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you in the light of his blessing, and set you free from all sin. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be amongst you and remain with you always.